Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. You're listening to Freedom Fighters for America World Radio at www.freedomfightersforamerica.com. Coming up next, Al Cup is doing his show. Al's a former action officer from the Joint Chiefs of Staff out of the Pentagon. And up next, uh, today is November 5th, 2015, and now the Battle Hymn of the Republic to start the show. Freedom Fighters for America World Radio is sponsored by Freedom Fighters for America. Thank you for tuning in. Chopper has now landed on the fantail, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you the host of the show, Al Cuppet. Al? Hello there. Hello there, Chris. You got me? Can you hear me? Yes, coming in loud and clear. Well, hallelujah. Well, you never know where I am sitting here behind German Ridge. You get two bars of signal, and buddy, you're in that city, you know, if you get two bars of signal where I live. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's been a long haul, brother, I'll tell you that. 
He really has, and it doesn't look like it's getting any shorter. No, it's so not. I, the hall looks longer, and uh, time gets shorter, and worse things happen, but that's okay. We knew they were, I knew they were coming. My mama told me from the Bible about it a long time ago. Anyhow, let me uh, let me read a scripture here before I go any further. I don't know. I'll pray for the for the sick and for those who ask for prayer. If you lose me, Chris, call me back on the home phone. Okay, you got it right. Okay, folks. Yes, sir. You there, Chris? You're there, yeah. right? Yes, okay, if I happen to lose lose me, call me back on the home phone and I'll recall, all right? Because I might not know. Okay. We'll okay. We're reading from uh, chapter 20 of Revelation. Sometimes it's called the Apocalypse, but it's the Revelation of St. John. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him that he should receive, and they deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and the judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. And which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads, okay, or in their hands, in their hands, that means under the skin. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead lived not again until a thousand years are finished. This is the first resurrection. The point I made here, people are going to be beheaded, okay, going to be beheaded, For the witness of Jesus and the word of God. All right. Let me reach over here and get my uh, sheet of papers, like Paul Harvey would say, but Paul Harvey never said a prayer. But we're going to say one for those out there who requested prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight in the name of Jesus, the only begotten Son of a living God. Forgive us, O Lord, our sins and trespasses, words or deeds that we might have committed against thee before we come before thy throne to place these needs upon your altar. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings, past, present, and future, for we know what you promised you're able to perform. We ask you tonight to answer our prayers, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. We pray tonight for Israel and Jerusalem. We pray for Prime Minister Netanyahu. We pray for the President Reuben Rivlin. We pray for the elect and the very elect as this Holocaust approaches. We pray for our Jewish friends, O oh Lord, that you might spare as many as possible as the Holocaust bears down on us behind the curtains. We pray for Scott's mom tonight, for Harriet in Wisconsin. We pray for Stan and his project up in New Jersey. We pray for the Johnson's property out in uh, Arizona. We pray for Linda and Tammy and Austin and Myron and Chet. We pray for Kathleen, John, Jean, Justin, and Aaron. Be here for Isaac and Lou and Nisa down in Ecuador, especially for Rosemary, living by herself down in North Carolina. Help her, Lord, along and lift her up, oh Lord. Someone send someone to help her, Jesus. She's your faithful servant. 
We pray for Jack and LaDonna and Jim and Phoebe, that they might pray for us, that Jim and Phoebe and Jack and LaDonna might hear the prayers for me and my family. We pray for Elizabeth. Pray for Bob and Norma and Shane and Lisa, Tony, Caroline, and certainly Brian, Lord, that's been stricken here and is recovering slowly, but, but we know he's coming back. He's working now, Lord. Thank you for his re- recovery. Pray for Dawn and Dave, for Sarah, Ted, Karen, in the land of Sinim. Pray for Don, my son, and Leslie. Pray for Kathy and Joyce. We, pray that we plead the blood of Jesus over David and Mike, that you might protect them, O oh God, from the evil one. Watch over them, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, we ask it. We ask for Justin tonight. We ask for Linda, Pat, Ted, and Matt. We pray for Roger, Kelly, Teddy, and Kristen. We pray for Mike, Bill, those folks in New Hampshire. And, Lord, if there be one that's lost, we ask that you would save that soul at any cost. At any cost, Lord, at any cost. We pray for Susan out in Chicago. Milton and Bailey and Autumn. We pray for Dawn in Maryland. We pray for Mary in Washington, Lord, and Jonathan up in the mountains. We pray for Jackie. She's asked requests for Dale and Heather, Dan, Jordan, and Jason and Mackenzie. We pray for Johnny C. tonight. Wherever he is, the Lord, he, he needs help, and we ask him to protect his life until you can save his soul. We pray for Flavia and Nancy, Lord. All these needs we put before your throne. Lord, if I missed a request, we ask you to meet that request. If it's an unspoken request by the saints of God, we put that unspoken request before your throne, Jesus. Touch it tonight, Lord. Touch it tonight as you did, Karen, on the 17th of September. We ask you, ask you to touch her, Lord, and bless her and her husband. Thank you for that testimony, Lord. We rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. Stay away from these that we are praying for, and Father, send labors into the harvest to work with these and to touch these and to help these that we have prayed for tonight. Now bless the producer, bless this program, Lord. Bless the network. Lord, that my words might be a, just a, a blessing to them tonight, that no evil or wasted spirit may come along and give us a hard time. In the name of Jesus, bless the program, Lord, for his glory. Amen and amen. I want to read a, uh, another scripture here. Out of uh, Acts, the third chapter. And Peter and John went up together under the temple at the hour of prayer, which that is being the ninth hour, which would be, okay, that would be 3 p.m. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Now, I tried to find out which one of the gates over there today that would be, and I couldn't. I'll do a little better research. He was there to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking alms. He stuck his hand up and said, hey, alms, alms, you know. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. Three words. He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. They took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. 
And as the lame man which was healed helped Peter and John, all the people ran together into, unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. So when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why bother ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by any as by as by our own power or holiness we made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, had glorified his son Jesus, whom he delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go, but you denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and that was Barabbas. And kill the prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence, presence of you all. Almost done with the scripture. Hang on. Now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance ye did this, as did also your rulers. Now, that means I, I know that through ignorance. W-T. I know that through ignorance you did this. But these things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ had suffered, he has so fulfilled. Repent you therefore, repent. The commandment of the Bible is repent. And be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the time of restitution of all things. And those times are coming close, folks. They are close upon us right now. The time of restitution of all things is closed upon us. What God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers and prophets, Shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me? Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. All right. I read to you that was Peter's Peter's sermon after the lame man was healed. I want to read to you tonight with keep in mind the word beheaded, you know, for the worship of the Lord in the Word, okay? A quote passed from me from a friend if you do not take an interest in the affairs of your government, then you are doomed to live under the rule of fools, which is Plato, the philosopher. And the Germans and the other Euro nations that allowed these people into their countries have gotten what they asked for. They should have put these people on boats and planes and transported them back to their own countries, or Syria, wherever. Now, that's, I'm reading from a, a, a guy who wrote this, okay? It says here, Syria or wherever. They should have turned them all back at the beginning, or most of them, seeing the magnitude of refugees. You don't see Russia accepting any refugees. Putin won't have any of that, nor allow them in. But Obama has up our acceptance of refugees from 10,000 to 250,000. We can't even take care of our own citizens. He sees this this as a chance to load up on more Muslims in this country. Between the Mexican illegals and the Syrians and African refugees, Obama is destroying this country in more ways than one. Is this going to happen here? A female physician in Munich, Germany, sends a message to the world. And I've been to Munich several times. Drove there on the way to Dachau, coming from Bad Tolt, 7th Army NCO Academy. 
Thanksgiving Day of 1960. Yesterday at the hospital, we had a meeting about how the situation here and at the other Munich hospitals is unsustainable. Clients cannot handle emergencies, so they are starting to send everything to the hospitals. Many Muslims are refusing treatment by female staff, and we women are refusing to go among those animals, especially from Africa. Relations between the staff and migrants are going from bad to worse. Since last weekend, migrants are going to the hospitals and must be accompanied by police with canine units. Many migrants have AIDS, syphilis, open TB, and many exotic diseases that we in Europe do not know how to treat them. If they receive a prescription in the pharmacy, they learn they have to pay cash. This leads to unbelievable outbursts, especially when it is about drugs for children. They abandon, they abandon the children with the pharmacy staff with the words, so cure them here yourselves. So the police are not just guarding the clinics and hospitals, but also the large pharmacies. Truly, we said openly, where are all those who had welcomed in front of TV cameras with signs at train stations? In other words, where are those who welcomed these folks? Yes, for now, the border has been closed, but a million of them are already here, and we will definitely not be able to get rid of them. Until now, the number of unemployed in Germany was 2.2 million. Now it'll be at least 3.5 million. Most of these people are completely unemployable. A very minimum of them have any education. What is more, their women used to not work at all. I estimate that one in ten is pregnant. Hundreds of thousands of them have brought along infants and six little kids under six. Many emancipated and neglected. And neglected. If this continues and Germany reopens its borders, I'm going home to the Czech Republic. Nobody can keep me here in this situation. Not even double the salary than at home, which is the Czech Republic. I went to Germany, not to the Africa or the Middle East. Even the professor who heads our, heads our department told us how sad it makes him to see a clean woman who, for 800 euros, cleans every day for years. And then meets young men in the hallways who just wait with their hand outstretched and want everything for free. And when they don't get it, they throw a fit. I really don't need this, but I'm afraid that if I return, at some point, it'll be the same in the Czech Republic. If a Germans, with their nature, cannot handle this with their nature, she's talking about the Teutonic nature, okay, of, of order and uh, uh, keeping order. <clears throat> if they cannot handle this with their nature, they're in Chechnya and it'd be total chaos. Nobody has Nobody who has not come in contact with them has no idea what kind of animals they are, especially the ones from Africa. How Muslims act superior to our staff regarding their religious, religious, religious accommodation? For now, the local hospital staff has not come down with the diseases they brought here. But with so many hundreds of patients every day, this is just a matter of time. In the hospital near the Rhine, migrants attacked the staff with knives after they had been handed over to after they had handed over an eight-inch, and I'm sorry, an eight-month-old on the brink of death, which they had dragged halfway across Europe for three months. The child died in two days, despite having received top care at one of the best pediatric clinics in Germany. The physician had, the, the, the physician had to undergo surgery, and the two nurses, two nurses are laid up in the ICU, having been stabbed. Nobody's been punished. The local press is forbidden to write about it, so we know about it through email. What, should, what would have happened to a German if he had stabbed a doctor and nurse with a knife or if he had flung his own syphilis infected during the nurse's face and so threatened her with, in, with infection? At a minimum, he'd go straight to jail and later to court. But these people so far, nothing's happened. And so I ask, where are all these greeters and receivers from the train stations? 
sitting pretty at home enjoying their nonprofits and looking forward to more trains, the next batch of cash from acting like readers at the station. If it were up to me, I would round up all these readers and bring them here, first to our hospital's emergency ward as attendants, then into one building with the migrants so they can look after them there themselves. Without armed police, without dogs who today are in every hospital here in Bavaria, without medical help, beware, this situation is coming to America. Now, this is an article that I commented on, and I'm going to read what I commented. There's an article on the Merkel's Muslim Madness. You're about to read the bottom line truth. This is me writing. But first go down and read the email, Merkel's Madness, that caused me to write this letter. I don't usually send more than one page, but time and truth are in short supply. Now here is her letter. German Chancellor Angela Merkel insisted that refusing to take in Muslim migrants as a danger is for Europe. Merkel, as usual, had it backwards. It's her program of taking in Muslim migrants that represents the gravest threat to the freedom and future of Europe since the fall of the Soviet Union. Merkel may have already doomed Germany. The Bild newspaper published a leaked secret government document estimating that the number of migrants invading Europe this year might reach 1.5 million. That gets that 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 and that bad news gets much worse because the document estimates that each migrant will bring in as many as eight family members once they're settled, bringing in the year's true total of 7.36.36 million. That's almost 10% of the population of Germany in just one. Invasion. The migrants are mostly young people entering a rapidly aging country whose young male population is under 5 million. Germany's Muslim population already approaches 5 million. The median age of Germany's Muslim population is 34, and the median age of the overall population is 46. Merkel has rapidly spread up the rate in which Germany's young male population becomes Muslim. The document predicts up to 10,000 bears entering every day. It foresees no end to the arrivals, even when it gets cold. These words add up to the end of Germany and the end of Europe. With numbers like this, it's no wonder that Merkel is frankly trying to shift the burden, berating Eastern European countries for their nationalism and failing to learn from history that even as a former communist and a German leader, she represents the two political forces that historically did the most to deprive these nations of their national rights and independence. She's speaking of the communism and Nazism. Okay, the two political forces that historically did the most to deprive nations of their national rights. Berkeley invokes the Berlin Wall to obtain the fences to work, but the Berlin Wall kept people from leaving. Fences that Hungary have built are constructed in self-defense, not to keep Hungarians in, but to keep invading Muslims out. It's Merkel's, It's Merkel whose European Union totalitarianism represents the new Berlin Wall that mandates open borders for Muslim migrants while preventing countries from leaving from leaving the EU. When Merkel states, the refugees won't be stopped if we just build fences. That I'm deeply concerned about, and I've lived behind the fence for long enough. She is not only deliberately mangling the moral difference between a fence that keeps invaders out and a fence that keeps people in, but her own complicity in these fences. East Germany needed a fence because people wanted to flee its totalitarian regime. Now, folks, I remember all about the East German thing. When I was in Germany, the people were fleeing from East Germany. They were shooting them at the time they were in the fence. The European Union needs political fences to keep countries from escaping its political regime. Choice isn't between open borders and the Berlin Wall. Rather, it's 
feel the borders that Merkel advocates are another form of the Berlin Wall. Communist countries don't make immigration difficult. They make immigration different possible. Immigration coming in and leaving E-M-I-G, immigration impossible, leaving impossible. Countries make immigration difficult, but immigration difficult. Free countries make immigration that's incoming difficult, but immigration going out easy. Now, that's democracy. Now that's how democracy works. It allows the people of the nation to decide who can enter and who can leave. Those European U.S. nations for anyone to enter, but can leave. Merkel warns European countries accusing Muslim immigrants is negotiable. This is the type of language totalitarian are being used. Muslims are told they will lose their credibility if they don't take in. The Europeans are told that they will lose their credibility if they don't take in Muslims. Who are we to defend Christians around the world if we say we won't accept a Muslim a mosque in our country? She asked, I won't do. But taking in Muslims has prevented Germans from defending Christians even in our own country. Not only in the Middle East. Christian refugees in being persecuted, threatened, and beaten by Muslims. And Iranian Christian refugees spoke to death, took a death threats from Syrian Muslim immigrants. And a right Christian family was beaten and told, we will kill you and drink your blood. A Christian pastor says that he asked by refugees. But we have to hide ourselves as Christians in the future of this country. The question is addressed to Angela Merkel and her mad Muslim vision from Germany. Islamizing Germany will not enable it to defend Christians in the Middle East. Instead, it will make the government even more vulnerable to terrorist blackmail and political pressure from Muslims. And if Merkel were really concerned about Christians, she wouldn't be fighting European countries that want to take in Christian refugees instead of Muslim migrants. Not only hasn't her appeasement of Muslims done anything to help Christians in the Middle East, but it has endangered Christians in Germany. Despite resistance from her own party, Merkel continues doubling down. She has seized control of refugee policy from her interior minister, who was skeptical of her action and who may help the bill document, and she continues to ignore calls for refugee limits from her own party. Female Muslims in Germany are vocal about refusing to accept any limitations of Muslim immigration here. Merkel isn't really an open borders fanatic. She's a political hack who made a tragic mistake and is desperately trying to dump it on the rest of Europe. After originally taking the correct line, Merkel folded, and rather than admit that she made a mistake, whose implications will destroy her country, she is desperately manufacturing one ridiculous excuse after another to defend her actions. Her calls for sharing the burden amount to dumping the consequences of her unilateral policy on the rest of Europe. It's exactly the type of behavior she condemned from Greece, only to hypocritically practice a version of it that is far more disastrous from the standpoint of security and economics. Merkel's plan is to unilaterally demand that the rest of Europe share in the welfare, crime, and terrorism of the Muslim migrants that she chose to take. Border fences to secure the borders to secure requires Europe to take in another 500,000 Muslim Turkey in exchange for its tyrannical Islam. Hal, I hate to interrupt here, but we're losing your signal on your cell phone. Coming in one word and then, you know, no nothing. So. I don't know if you might want to call back in or, you know, see if you can get a better signal. Uh, 
We're having some technical difficulty here tonight, folks. Please stand by. This is Freedom Fighters from America World Radio at www.freedomfightersfromamerica.com. Just give us one moment while we straighten out the situation. Thank you for bearing with us. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty. Back on the line is Al, and I'll put him on right now. Hold on one second, Al. Okay, Chris. Okay, here we are. I don't know where I'll stop reading, but I'll just keep on going here. Okay, folks, I'm back. Sorry that lost the signal here. Nothing I can do about it. Living in the mountain. Okay, uh... Merkel's plan to unilaterally demand that the rest of Europe share in the welfare, crime, and terrorism of the Muslim migrants that she chose to take in. There's nothing fair about that. But the Eurocrats wrap their heads around the idea of border fences. The closest they can come to the idea is to hypocritically plead with Turkey to secure the Turkish borders that they, the Europeans, refuse to secure. The Turkish solution still requires Europe to take in another 500,000 Muslim Turkey in exchange for its tyrannical Islamist ruler agreeing to secure the Turkish borders. This means outsourcing European border security to a hostile Muslim country whose ruler dreams of reviving the Ottoman Empire and boasted, the mosques are our barracks, the minarets are bayonets, domes are helmets, the believers are soldiers, that is, the Muslim believers. And that's the sort of man that Europe will be turning over its security to. Meanwhile, the 500,000 Muslims also have to be shared all across Europe. Merkel claims that the migrants present more opportunities than risks. What opportunities are these exactly that they, that they present? Half the Muslim youth in Germany are already unemployed. Barely a third of Muslim immigrants are living through professional employment. What opportunities will adding millions of Muslims to the welfare rolls accomplish except to create more jobs for the government bureaucrats to sign their welfare checks? Merkel's allies claim that she deserves the Nobel Prize. She certainly does. Hitler and Stalin both were nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. I'm reading from a guy, uh, uh, reprinted with the author's permission from Stolten Knisch blog. So I'm telling you. Now, it says here, Merkel has done more damage to Germany and Europe than any leader since the two worthy gentlemen before her had. Now, I'm trying to get back to my first page here. Hang on. All right, here we are. Here's my comments to this. All right. Which who would have believed, folks, this kind of Muslim migration threat just a few months ago? But the problem is that those professing to be Christians in Europe, in nations, are not True born-again believers, okay? They're Catholics and a bunch of other denominations. They're full of head knowledge only individuals. They're not saved. They have never accepted the Lord. They're head knowledge Jesus only. Never truly saved or converted to the spiritual new birth in Jesus. Unfortunately, there is no great true evangelical outreach anywhere in Europe. And there will be no true Muslim conversions to Christianity or true born-again Christianity. And the Muslim hold or threat on or to Europeans can only worsen. And to wit, you know, for example, European Bibles coming out of, out of Wycliffe are not the Word of God, as Wycliffe uses the 23rd edition of Nestle's Greek text 
There's no there's no Holy Ghost power to save, sanctify, deliver, or to edify. In those Bibles or in their evangelist churches in Germany, inserted note. However, there was power in the German Church of God. Don't mind the Gautis in 69. It was also present there in 71 and 74 when I was there. And it was fully moving in the Church of God ministry to the military. Military, and also the Gemeinde Gottes, which is the German National Church of God. It was then directed by Brother Roy Strickland. His father was an old-time evangelist in Missouri. We all had the King James back in Bible in Germany in 71. We had a great time, folks. It was glorious over there. 71 is a long time ago. That's 45 years ago, ain't it? 44 years ago. The same lack of spiritual power is true in America. Our Bibles have been preferred since 1971, thus evil prevail. When the King James Authorized Version, having been supplanted by a hundred or more newly minted devil's dung Bibles, our spiritual power was decimated. Spiritual power comes from one Bible only, the Authorized Version. I know whereof I speak. Hear me. Oh, these were, there's words being preached out there, but Amos 8, verses 11 and 12 reveals there's no true word. And the people search from east to west and cannot find it. They cannot find the words of the Lord. But no spiritual power, and I've been screaming about this in over 130 cities, 32 states, and six countries since 1986. We've got a problem. However, also stated that the only other power is physical power, and that comes out of a gun barrel. Oh. Why do you think gun control now is such an issue here in the USA? Satan knows he has stolen the spiritual power, and he's using Obama to get the guns. Ben Carson said, bless his heart, hallelujah, Lord, for Ben Carson. He said what I said years ago about Clinton and Obama. He said that Obama is using the shootings out here to bring about the destruction of the Second Amendment, as in gun control and eventual confiscation. Now, be advised that a dead high-profile Republican like George W. Bush, you know, from a gunshot wound, will give rhino congressional Republicans the impetus to show their true colors and vote for gun confiscation. And once they've taken the physical power and they've already stolen the spiritual power, then we are in, we are in, we're dead meat, okay? George Bush's demise was prophesied by three men and confirmed by the Hebrew Bible Code. They're going to take a, they're going to try to get George W. Bush to bring about gun control. It's a weakened gospel, not the true gospel of Christ, converts few to none, and will not be stopped spiritually. And if Obama managed to use the now in country foreign cops and troops, he knows Americans cannot be trusted to take guns. That is, these guys are who are his civilian security force, as big as the military, which he preached and mentioned about in 2008 running for president. They're going to use, he's going to use these foreign troops to search out the guns and will eventually. We will eventually capitulate, especially if DHS, security, Homeland Security, can also control the food supply. And the New World Order and the shadow government is well on the way to cut the supply. And all the recalled food products, have you seen those recalled food products? Every time you call or recall millions and millions, you break a company. You break the supplier. You see in the scenario, folks? Famine and starvation can bring about gun collection. In Somalia, the U.N. traded food for people's guns. I don't put in a big stock in guns. If there's any spiritual power, but there is no spiritual power. This battle is fought by prayer and fasting in the spiritual realm. In Somalia, the U.N. traded food for the people's guns. The truckers and the farmers gave their guns up, and the 
warlords kept theirs and robbed all the people after that. Remember the treasonous, thanks to the last four presidents, the treasonous overflights by the Treaty of Open Skies flights since 95? Planes and choppers being GPS-guided and computer-enhanced are using radar, magnetometers, and infrared sensors to plot and record the metal content, that is, guns and ammo and gold and silver, in most U.S. activist homes. If guns are taken, the Muslims are free to behead any people they choose, any Americans they choose. We're heading that way as I type these letters, these words. That's why Revelation mentions people being beheaded for their faith in Jesus. If you didn't really understand the above, it's not because I haven't cried out for 30 years on the Bible issue. It's just 1994 on the New World Order's diabolical plans. Heaven knows I've tried, and I've striven to get my Jewish friends to make all the odds since 1999. And I saw that true Christian believers would not believe. When I found that the true Christian believers would not believe they've been scammed by the Jesuits on the Bible issue. Huh? For 30 years I've been saying this, and I found out that two Christians, you cannot tell them that the Jesuits are scammers on the Bible issue. They've changed our Bibles. Then they threw out the hymn book. This is further weakening the salvation power of a church service. Those old hymns were many hymns, folks. There are many Gospels. I shall know him, I shall know him, I shall know him by the nail prints in his hands. Praise and worship without holy hands, hands that must be free of all sinful stains before being raised before God in the Holy of Holies. They gotta be, you got to be clean and washed by the water of the Word before you enter the throne room of God. Priest got killed if he walked into the, into the Holy of Holies and didn't have his his ceremony right and hadn't washed his hands correctly and hadn't truly, he's truly tried to be righteous as best he could under the law. If he didn't do it, God smote him dead. Standing up for 40 minutes, waving your hands at nauseam amounts to trying to appease God. Now they don't have any church sermon or anything before the praise and worship. They stand there trying to appease God and having, having never repented, and they're in the Holy of Holies, taking sin into the presence of God. David Wilkerson, the great David Wilkerson, preached this sermon. I didn't preach it. He preached it in 98. And that's what I heard it on the tape. I'm just repeating it. We need repentant prayer and weeping before the Lord. Prayer and weeping. Not this perverted praise and worship, which has swept the churches since 1980. Non-anointed sermons from the NIV Bible and perverse praise and worship were the reasons that Tom Springs and Ken Shields from our church in 1984, and Mike Bray from another church, another spiritual cesspit, gave up on the church and went out and blew up six abortion clinics and the ACU headquarters, ACLU headquarters in 84. And the pastor of that church that I'd helped found and struggled and struggled to try to find, struggled to, to build an old-fashioned church, he's now the superintendent of the, of the district where I live right now, of that, of that denomination. He's a superintendent. He's the big, the big cheese. He might even get elected to be the general superintendent out in Springfield, Missouri. Lord help us, Jesus. Lord help us. 
He spawned this abomination in Bowie, Maryland. But he still refuses, refuses to believe what you read here. But he will, he shall believe. But I want to tell you something. He's going to believe when he's arrested by a Russian cop, dragged into a black SUV with a, with a cage in the back, taken to a clandestinely built helipad or transfer center, and flown to a termination camp. Or put on a boxcar with three, three-tier boxcar with eight-inch holes for air in the sides and hauled to a termination camp like Beach Grove, Indianapolis. People, we are dead in the water spiritually. Preaching from the AKG washes the souls of sinners as, and or saints as to the old gospel hymns. These blood-washed hymns. Then a message from the Holy Spirit as he, as, he, as he moves in the gifts of the Spirit, will be inserted into service sometimes. That serves to further purify the gathered worshipers. And an altar call opens the door to salvation, healing, sanctification, whatever the Holy Ghost dictates at that present moment. When the spirit of prayer lifted sometimes later, then we sang a song of praise and worship. Not at the beginning of the service, but after, at the end of the service, when our hands were clean, when our sins were forgiven. But everything was straight before God. If you take communion, you examine yourself, lest you fall into condemnation. And then you die. Because many, many are dead, many sleep because they didn't examine themselves before they had communion with the Holy God. You better examine yourself before you do praise and worship. Otherwise, you better be on your knees praying. Don't you dare raise your hands up and do praise and worship. David Wilkerson says that's kind of, it's called strange incense. It goes up to heaven, and he says that the angels of God throw it back upon the earth as judgment. God will not accept it from unclean hands. He will not accept this praise and worship that hasn't been that you haven't prayed over. They walk into the church, and they have watched the internet all week. They've watched this that all week, and that all week. Who knows what they watched on that internet? And without without ever kneeling the bow before God, they're going to stand there and try to appease God and not repent. You can't appease God. He will not accept appeasement. He only accepts heartfelt heart repentance. Heartfelt repentance. With weeping and tears of your sins. Now, you may not have any much sin during the week, but you may have screamed at your husband, or you screamed at your wife, or maybe the kid did something wrong, and you give him more smack, a couple of smacks more than he should have got, and the Lord said, that's sin. You, you smacked him once too much. You've got to repent of it before you take communion, and you've got to repent of that before you walk into the throne room of God singing praise and worship. And that's not being done in our churches, and that's what the danger of it is. So until we get back to the above, that is, uh, this is what simplistically applied truth that I just gave you, we will not be spared from the Muslim, inf- from the Muslim influx, you know, from these... Uh, with these heathenistic Obama policies, gun control, to the church crisis, to the hymn book dearth in the church, till we get back to this stuff, to this, to this, these things, that is, we get back to the right Bible, we get back to the right worship, we get back to the hymn book. If we don't, there's a, there's a dearth in the church, and we are in a spiritual death spiral. We are in a death spiral. Oh, the good old days in Germany at Pattonville Chapel's Pentecostal Fellowship and the Pattonville Chapel itself in 71 and 74. It's like a breath of fresh air, folks, and a drink of Holy Ghost and holy water. Dear reader, if you don't believe what you're hearing, 
You're in a deep physical and spiritual darkness, and a horrible ending awaits you. A closing truth. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It's Psalm 119.89, King James only. If the Bible you're using does not match what is in heaven, settled in heaven, you have a counterfeit Bible. Therefore, in short, while these perverse, in short, while these perverse Bibles are in people's hands, being on the streets in 71, that'll give you a counterfeit church. You'll end up with a counterfeit church, and that's what you got. That church I founded in, helped found in 1976 to 1986 when I got the boot on the 26th day of January is nothing but a cesspit. There is no life-saving gospel, no soul-saving gospel being preached there. I went there and sat and listened to that mess. My great-uncle and my grandfather would walk into one of these new, newfangled churches that you go to today but with a blindfold on, what they heard with their eyes blindfolded, they would never believe they were in the church of Jesus Christ. In fact, they are not. They would not be in a church. That's the problem. And this is the difference between now in 1917, when we actually rejected the, the League of Nations, the first shot at a one-world government, and we banned alcohol in the, in the USA. Godspeed, folks. We're going to need it right soon. There's a reason for the space in forever. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I put it in there, and I put it in there forever with space, like King James says. If you don't know what that space is for, you have no grounds to argue with me, okay? All right. So Jerry's reported a problem with the engine on one of the boats over there. But we don't have to worry, folks, okay? Because the Lord has got, got that figured out. He's got that problem figured out. Somebody stole the sails off of it. That's okay. I want you all to read, go to read John 6, chapter 21, or verse 21. John chapter 6, verse 21. The last part of that verse. <clears throat> this is an apologetic follow-up what I sent you all with my half-truth comment regarding the anti-Semitic comments of a person I met in 99 at a policy club meeting where I was a speaker. This guy wrote me this. I knew him very well, and I didn't know they were anti-Israel for quite a while. I wrote and said... The stuff you sent me was half-truth about Netanyahu and about Israel. I'll be sending a half a clarification on the half-truth bit, but I'll probably not quit till I reveal the entire scurrilous story of LBJ's attempt to destroy Israel in the 67 war. He was talking about the 67 war. I'm not going to get into that tonight, but... the the British and the Americans, the American ship was stealing the Israeli order battle. They were shipping it to the Brits on Cyprus by Criterion Famagusta, and the Brits was relaying the stuff back to Arab commanders in real time, and Israel knew that they had to stop, and they stopped it. Even the captain of the ship didn't know what was going on in the back room, okay? He didn't know they were spying on Israel. Because if the ship's guys knew what they were doing in that black room, they might have, they might have had a mutiny, spying on Israel. 
Back in 67, this was our friend. But LBJ allowed him to be spied on. And that's a long, a long story. I'll be sending a clarification to the words I said, half truth. Now, it took a long time for the anti-Semitic of those two folks who wrote me, that wrote me that email to manifest itself. They said at least that she, that she have, they were very clever trying to misrepresent their feelings towards Israel until they could get me into their confidence. But you see, the bottom line is this. The true test of a professing believer is to the love Israel. The true test, the litmus test of a, of a, of a believer in Jesus Christ do they love Israel? Are they totally sold on saving Jewish lives? Are they willing to give up their lives to save Jewish lives? I'm willing to give mine up because a Jew died for me. Yeah. You died for me. He died for you if you're a believer in Jesus. Because he's a Jew that died. And he rose again. That's the good part. Hang on here. This is the first and final litmus test of a, of, of, of a true Christian faith. Period. Any other mindset is subterfuge. In fact, the entire note probably written is noted by, by the feminist half of that couple, with the exception of the fact that Israel did attack the liberty it's a complete lie, which makes it much less than half truth, more like 90% lying, and only one percent, one tenth truth. I'll compose the whole truth one of these days or a few minutes. The truth is, which is the Israelis caught the good old USA with Navy help, intercepting the entire order of battle of Israel, and with the help of the Brits on Cyprus with a direct data link, supplying the intercepted order of battle to Arab commanders, who were then actually attacking Israel, or had their armored and infantry formations on the jump-off line ready to attack Israel. I remember on the second day of the Six-Day War, I was in then my unregenerate state of being lost, was walking through the Operations Center in Hawaii, saying, that's Fleet Operations Center Pacific, I'm selling Israeli war bonds because the IDF is going to clean some plows over there, and they did it in six days. Bobby Shrochai Tamiz. What did you say, Al? I said, Amishachai Tami. Unfortunately, unfortunately, due to the email constrictions and this idiotic iPad I got, I may fail to get all the addresses on the email, okay? But I tried. Now, Bibi said that the Mufti of Jerusalem, whose name is Al-Husseini, went up there in 41 to talk to Hitler, and I know he did because I read it in the, in the books, and I'm going to read it to you here. I was right in reading the World War One and World War Two history. I broke the code or was able to see it. Good old Beebe, hot dog, old, but he's about nine years younger than me. Go get him, Beebe. I'll be right behind you. I knew Beebe Netanyahu was right. The Grand Mufti surely gave Hitler the, the Burnham idea. You see, Netanyahu said, at the United Nations, he said, the Grand Mufti came there and told Hitler, they were going to ship them all out to uh, Madagascar. That was the plan in 41, 41. He said, don't you ship them out. They'll come to Jerusalem where I live. Burn them. 
That's what Netanyahu said, and that's what the guy said, I'm sure, and I'll go into that. The Grand Mufti, Mufti surely gave Hitler the Burnham idea, because from the mid-41 until January 92 at the Wannsee Conference, Hitler tried to have, he had to have instructed Hermann Goering, Heinrich Hitler, Otto Weichmann, Reinhard Heydrich, and Gestapo Heinrich Mueller, and several others, to get all the, the thing rolling. Thus, Hitler was not at, nor did he have to be at the Wannsee Conference for the final solution resolution. So our man of the hour, Bibi, nailed the Grand Mufti for who he was. And he said it in English, which speaks, which he speaks better than I do. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. He does. He said it in English. Why did he say it in English? Because he knows that one half of the world speaks English as their first or second commerce language. One fifth of the world speaks English as the mother tongue. Hence, the English authorized, authorized version of the Bible. God put the word of God in English. It got more press, what B.B. said, in English. That had to be the wisdom of Solomon. When he knew he was going to say that about this monkey guy, he put it in English. Well, you liberal press folks, it's true. But B.B. Netanyahu said it's true. Now, Salam of Nehotimus writing, uh, but Israel was not lucky, and I'm saying, he said, it was really lucky to have Netanyahu. Well, Israel was not lucky. If Netanyahu is Nehotimus state, Israel was ordained to have Bibi as the prime minister at this very hour. God ordained him to be there. It wasn't luck. He was ordained for this time from the foundations of the world to be in the position he's in. And as Mordecai told Esther, and his lawyer Jack told me at point blank in February of 99, Mordecai told Esther and Jack told me, you ought to get a hold of your peace at this time and deliver it to the Jews that come from another place. You know that thou art being called to the king of such a time as this. And Bibi's called to the king of such a time as this. And so is Al Cuppet. So is my producer. We are called to the world for such a time as this. Signed, uh, Shalom, Al Cuppet, Bladensburg High School, class of 57. There were two individuals named Heidi Mueller in the Nazi hierarchy, so to identify them, they call one of them Gestapo Mueller because he was the operational prime mover under Herman Goering, who was busy on two or three jobs, or four jobs. Also, one, also one of the 21 tried was at Nuremberg was Colton Brenner, and he was high up in the Gestapo. It's confusing as there were always vicious and dynamic changes in Nazi leadership under Adolf Hitler. This is what Giulio Miotti said. He's probably a Jewish and uh, Italian Jew. No, but Netanyahu has not become a Holocaust denier. He said, no, Netanyahu is denying the Holocaust. No, he's not. He just said it showed how it happened, how the fire in the gas chambers happened. All he's saying, he told Hitler to do it. That's where he got the idea. The prime minister's taken lessons of history from all Western commentaries. I mean, sorry, commentators. The same ones who coincidentally lose their pens whenever 
The Iranian Ayatollah Ali Khamenei threatens a new holocaust against the Jewish people. BBC, quote-unquote, is bringing to the attention of the international public the figure of Haj al-Husseini, the most important Palestinian figure between the two world wars, the Mufti of Jerusalem, whose history until now was known to only just a few insiders. Well, I knew about it because I read about it in one of these 150 books I read. Netanyahu indicated something unacceptable for historians, politicians, and journalists, that the root of the Israeli prime minister and Palestinian conflict is not the occupation, but the jihad, the holy war that has lasted for 90 years, to be exact, since August 23, 1929, when the Mufti launched a pogrom, pogrom of Jews, a pogrom against Jews in Hebron and Jerusalem. The city's even today most affected by the third infantata, when the Arabs hunted the Jews and killed them like animals, Falls with a knife like today. Ooh. The relations between the Mufti and Nazism were not tactical. Hitler was invoked from Rabat to Ramallah as the Redeemer, quote unquote, who would wipe out the British and the Jews. This is not a historical discussion, but a super political one. Raphael Israeli, professor emeritus of history at the Hebrew University, tells me Netanyahu's right in saying that the Mufti played an active role in the elimination of the Jews. Israeli has published a book. His name is Raphael Israeli. He's published a book on the Mufti and the Holocaust, Death Camps in Croatia. For the Mufti, Hitler was, Hitler was to do its job in eliminating the Jews of Europe, while the Palestinians would take care of the Jews in the Middle East. Every Friday, the mosque repeats this hatred of the Jews. Quote, the sons of pigs and monkeys... Unquote. The third infatata is the manifestation of this hatred that dates back to ancient Quranic times. It's no coincidence that Netanyahu in Jerusalem personally followed the demolition of the Shepherd Hotel, which until 67 housed the villa of the Mufti, the creator and enabler of the anti-Semitic Arab mind, which has become the major engine of infection. The lies that Jews threaten al-Asqa Mosque, unquote, within the last weeks rebounded on the Palestinian media and even reached the UN is an invention of the Mufti. That any... And in 1929, the terrorists who... As in 29, the terrorists who kill Jews who live among them on the good side of the fence often have Israeli ID cards and a well-paying job at places like Vizek. Israeli telephone company. Just ask the Palestinian father who posed for a video of his daughter, Ralph, on Facebook. She is holding a knife and he asks, why do you want to kill Jews? She replies, they stole my land. That's what Netanyahu told a deaf and hypocritical Europe. That the, the, that the message that this 90-year-old infantile targeting Israel, Jews is written in capital letters. We do not want to live together with you. We will kill you. We want you out of here. We are intent on driving you in the Mediterranean. This is where he says Israeli, Israel is very lucky to have Netanyahu. No, no, no. God ordained Netanyahu to be there in this hour from the foundations of the world. Just as he knew every, every Christian and every sinner who would be saved and who would not be saved from the foundation of the world. He already knew it. 
But he said, go you know all the world and preach the gospel, and everybody might be saved. Or should hear the message so they could be saved. 99.9%, of the people who hear the message reject it. Straight as the gate now is the way, and few that be that enter in thereat. Wide is the road to destruction, but, but narrow is the straight gate, and few that be, in, be that enter in thereat. Few. Few. God set up the Messianic line that the world would have a Savior, and the world basically has rejected him. But nevertheless, when they stand in the great white throne judgment, God will say, you heard the news. You heard it. If you heard it one time, you heard it enough. What about the ones who didn't hear it? Don't worry. God Almighty is not going to send anybody to a devil's hell who haven't had a chance. He'll settle that job, and don't you worry about it. You've heard about the gospel of Christ. You've heard it right here on his broadcast. You got to repent. Well, folks, I love you. I don't mean to be so hard, but we're short. I said, truth and time is short. In my letter here, I said, truth and time is short. Truth has been short and time is short. We got Charlton preachers out there robbing and stealing from the churches building themselves crystal cathedrals, living, driving Mercedes-Benz. Folks, I'd drive a Hyundai. Hyundai. I ain't got some Nika. That's Korean. Come up soon he dies. That's thank you. I need a ship show. I need a sale. That's some, that's, that's some Korean I learned. One is hello, one is goodbye, one is thank you. I don't know much more. Some guy asked my wife, your husband in Korea? I can say I love you in Korea. I didn't run with no Korean women. I didn't do that. I was even a sinner. I was a sinner and I still didn't do that. I can't say I love you in Korea. I don't even, I ain't got the clue how to say it. I don't know how to say Kimpo Tungshinde. Kimpo Tungshinde is the Kimpo transmitter site. The Kimpo radio transmitter site. Kimpo Tungshinde. That's right. I knew I'd tell people, where you live? Where you, where you live? Where you live, G.I.? I live at Kimpo Tungshin Death. Oh, yeah, we know that. We know where that place is. Shushan Boy was Sunshine Bay. Sunshine Bay went to Vietnam and was an interpreter for the Rock Army. When the Rock Army was in, in, in Vietnam, Tungshin, uh, he, he spoke good English. He went down there and, and took the English commands, the English directors, and translated them into Korean for the Korean commander at the Korean... Army, co- Army compound where the Rock Army was stationed. I'm going to read this testimony to you. Look one past time. That's all right. Dear Al, Pastor Al, she calls me. I wanted to write you to praise the Lord Jesus and to bless and thank you for healing deliverance from an infection that I had while listening on a Mega Man radio. He was healed instantly while we prayed. I'm so grateful and thankful for the healing from the Lord. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Sister Karen. You were a blessing when I got your letter. I needed that letter, sister. I need good letters every once in a while because there's a lot of struggles and a lot of, a lot of things going on. I want to let you know that I inherited from my dad a 1938 King James Bible that belonged to my grandmother. 
I am blessed to have received it, and I thank the Lord for it. Pastor Al, until I heard you preach regarding the King James Bible being the only known the Word of God, I've been reading every other version, one I ever did read. I read every version of the King James Bible, if I read anything at all. Also, my Aunt Thelma, who will be 91 in November, who regularly writes in her letters to me, she wrote that the King James Bible is the only anointed word of God. Well, since I've been reading and meditating with only the King James Bible, the Lord has been blessing and increasing my faith and knowledge. Praise God. Sound like my, my, my sister-in-law Rose. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, and God bless you again, Brother Al. May the Lord Jesus continue to bless you and anoint you in your ministry of preaching. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. I sent this to my grandson. Any of you remember four or five years ago when I asked you, has anyone ever said anything good about granddad? You could not answer me. Remember that? Show this to your mom before it's too late. And somebody better get smart out there where you all live and soon love grandpa. Well, folks, I told you saints out there to get out of your bed and pray. You ask the Lord if you're supposed to fast. You get up and pray for 30 minutes. Get out of that bed and pray. They don't pray in the early morning. How are you going to hear the Lord talk to you? Just ask Peter. Hey, Peter. You went back there and they were sleeping. Why y'all asleep? Can you go, Peter? Could you not watch with me one hour? Just one hour and twenty-four, Peter. Could not you watch and pray with me one hour? Three times he went back. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Three times. Never sleep. To so go on, get your sleep. Let's go now. I says, sinful men are coming to get me. Here they come. You just walked up, kissed him, and they bound Jesus. After they all fell backwards, and after Peter cut off the right ear of Malchus with his sword, and Jesus reached up and touched his ear and healed. Otherwise, they'd all went to jail. Yep, Jesus reached up and healed that guy's ear. The high priest servant, Malchus. Read all four Gospels and you'll get the message. It's all there. And that moment of prayer, he just finished praying those, that hour. A man in his group cut off a guy's ear, and Jesus said, put away your sword. He reached down and picked up the ear. He touched, well, he didn't say he reached down. It says he reached up and touched him and healed him. And he put a new ear back on. He could have. He put a new ear back on. That's the old ear on the ground. Whoa, three ears there. This is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, folks. And that power is, is, is here today if we appropriate it and get our lives lined up with the word of God. I love you all. I love you. Anyhow. Let's say a prayer, and if you want to reach me, you reach me at Al Cuppet, Wolftown, Virginia. Wolftown, like a big bad wolf. Wolftown, Virginia, 22748. If you want to put box 111, that's okay. But the post lady, she knows me personally, and she'll put it in my box without a number. Put your return address on the back of your envelope so it gets back to you in case it don't get to me. Always put a return address on anything you write. So it doesn't go to the dead letter office and the wrong people read it. Because one day it's going to be it's going to be a crime to mention the word of Jesus in a letter in this nation. Yes, it is. It will be. 
Why do you think they're putting those criminal investigation offices in the post office? You go on the internet and, and Google for Twin Brothers Church. Google for Twin Brothers Church. When you find that video, look at it. In about the first 12 minutes into that program, you'll see a picture and a blueprint of the United States Post Office in Lake Forest, Illinois, Illinois, that has a secret investigation office hidden in the, in the top on the second floor in the peak of the roof. And in that office, there's a trap door. The detailer who gave me the blueprint said there's a trap door there. It drops into that interstitial space. Interstitial means a hidden space. There's a concrete cell right in front of that concrete desk. They're going to drop you into. Remember, nobody takes a gun to the post office. Everybody got to go to the post office one day or another, especially in Lake Forest, Illinois. Illinois. They got criminal investigation officers in the post office. Sooner or later, they're going to get everybody. Very clever, these people. You watch Twin Brothers Church? You can Google for pearls to the very elect and read them. And they're not optional, folks. Those two videos are not optional for the Christian believer. Or anybody else, for that matter. You better read them. Better watch them. That stuff is coming down. Those things are as fresh as the day I made them. Eleven years ago. Ten years. Nine years ago. One was made in ten years ago. I am versus the New World Order. Anyhow, i got to go. I love you. I'm here. We're here to... You need to, you need to support this program. Uh, the, the producer, not me. Ain't worried about me. Need to support Freedom Fighters for America. You don't know how to do it. You write me in Wolftown, Virginia, and I'll send you the address how you can send a donation to him. Or however he tells me, when I get your letter, I'll get a hold of him and say what I would do with his letter. He'll tell me how to get it to him. You can't find it on the website, Freedom Fighters for America. Then you write me a letter, and I'll send it to him, and he'll write you. Or you send a donation with whatever, don't send it to me. I'll get it to him. He's done a lot for you folks, I want to tell you. He's gone through some more some terrible stuff. Some stuff that I haven't gone through quite. I've come close, but he's had to put up with this nonsense pretty close to pretty somewhat more so than I have had to put up with. I put up with some more diverse stuff. He's had to put up some bad stuff up there. Anyhow, I love every one of you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't be here. I don't like he's playing someone coming over my head at 50 feet, 100 feet. Doing magnetometers, infrared and radar sweep of my house. But uh, they're there. Well, folks, I want to know, I want you to know I love you, and I'm going to pray for you. Father, bless those listeners tonight. In Jesus' name, bless them, Lord. Keep them safe till next time. Keep them safe, Lord. Watch over my producer. Watch over the production of also the Omega Man Radio broadcast. Watch over Freedom Fighters for America, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hello, shalom, shalom, and amishachai tamid. See you next time around, folks. First Thursday of uh, December. Thank you, Al. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Al Cuppet on Freedom Fighters for America World Radio. We want to thank you for tuning in to this 
November 5th, 2015 broadcast. And now I'll be back again on the first Thursday of the month of December. And uh, stay tuned. There will be other shows being announced for Freedom Fighters for America World Radio. We're back up again and running. And uh, we have a whole new uh, set of shows coming out. So thank you very much for listening in, and take care whatever time you're listening. Freedom Fighters for America World Radio is sponsored by Freedom Fighters for America. Thank you for tuning in to this broadcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.